Being an expert sucks. As a teacher of spiritual intelligence and emotional health, I get cornered into being the guy who has all the answers. I'd like to take this opportunity to make a confession. I don't. What I do have are convictions. I have theories. I have questions. I find myself looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. Stop setting up your tent. We can't stay here. Through my journey, it's become evident that being a participant is no longer enough. It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. Today's episode is called Bethel Man. Why? You'll see. <laughs> Some of you already know why. Oh, gosh. All right. So let's flash back again to when I came to Bethel. Got, I went to school, first and second year, got hired on staff, worked in the events department, and then within about a year of working there, um, I ended up on the Bethel video announcements. I want to give a shout out to my friend Natalie Dell. She and I were working together in the events department, and she was added to... So here's the deal. Let me just explain for some of you who don't know this. Bethel Church has a thing called Bethel TV. It's this like TV show almost online where people all over the all over the world... Um, subscribe and watch Bethel services. They watch Bethel worship. They watch, you know, conferences from this thing, whatever. Bethel exports a lot of media from Bethel TV. And so anyway, from that place, they, every week they were doing these things called Bethel video announcements, right? On Sunday morning. So basically the church is being told what's coming up for the week or what people need to be aware of. They're releasing updates for the community life and just things that were going on. And they started doing these video announcements where they started having staff members from Bethel get on screen and be the ones relaying the information and it started being fun because you started getting to see a bunch of the different staff people from all over Bethel you knew these people were in leadership you knew they were doing stuff that they mattered and then you got to see them on screen and just hear their personality and then share information with you it made you way more interested and engaged in what was being shared and so anyway fast forward I remember thinking when I first saw I think it was um, Sherry Silk and Brittany Serple who were up there and I was like they were funny I loved the energy it was interesting it was a little bit awkward but I enjoyed it and I was like I would love to do that it would be so much fun I feel like I would have a really good time doing this and do it really well I had that random fleeting thought and I knew it was like kind of a a wishful far off thing fast forward probably six months from that moment my counterpart working with me in the events department um, she had been asked to be on the video announcements one time as one of the staff members being featured because she was the front desk person before this that's all details that don't matter anyway she had done it, and then when Bill saw her, he was like, I want her doing those all the time. And so Natalie got kind of sired into just being a recurring fe- featured person in the video announcements, which was awesome. And I did. I loved her. She was so professional and straight and clean and hype, uh, exciting. And Anyway, um, fast forward, Natalie had someone that was supposed to shoot with her, and then that person bailed. And so the director of Bethel TV told Natalie she could bring anybody with her as her counterpart as long as they were a Bethel staff member. And Natalie was like, Mike, of all the people that I could bring with me, I want to bring you. And I was like... Because we had gotten along really well. We laughed all the time. So she just really enjoyed how funny I was. And we were just, you know, building a friendship. And so I was, like, so excited. And I was like, great. Yeah, I'd love to do it. And I also was really nervous. So we went and we shot it. And we had chemistry, like, on camera. And I was not nervous on camera. I mean, I was a little nervous just for the new stuff. But, like, we both were very natural and, like, engaging. My dad's a photographer. So he had been... I grew up, my sisters and I all just were used to growing up having someone snapping pictures of you while you're living life. And he always would like tell us not to pay attention to him or not look at the camera or smile or whatever. So we would just, we learned to ignore him and just to be ourselves in front of a camera. So that became a normal thing. And I've always just kind of been a ham and loved being in front of people. So anyway, we shot our first video announcement and it went great. And then Natalie brought me again and again. And the priest was like, yeah, bring Mike. And then they kind of made Natalie and Mike a thing. And so we started doing these things together regularly. And then we started doing like these um, 
like antics. Well, actually, Natalie wanted us to keep doing these like prop videos where we were like doing these stunts or messing with each other or whatever, right? And it was really fun. It was so dramatic and theatrical. And um, we got to come up with these different ideas and do them on screen. We get props and just do them. And we had a whole crew filming and producing this stuff for us. It was so much fun. And then I remember one day, Natalie, we were working together in the office. And she told me, she's like, Mike. <laughs> I hope I'm allowed to say this. She's like, Mike, I was sitting in the bathtub last night. And I got an idea. And I was like, what? Apparently, her, the bathtub time was like her time with the Lord. She was like... Yeah, I got this idea that we would do like this Batman and Robin shoot where like you'd be Batman, I'd be Robin, and we'd just kind of like go through solving crime at Bethel, but like a Bethel theme. So not Batman, like you'd be Bethel Man, and I'd be like, I think my name would be Redding, right? And that'd be fun. And she kind of started casting me this vision for this like cheesy, like the 1960s Batman, and blah, blah. And I was like, Okay, and I, I, Natalie had run a lot of ideas by me at this point. I'm thinking like this. I don't know. Maybe I didn't think it was that great of an idea. I didn't have as much of an affinity for the old Batman as she thought would be hilarious. But she just kind of kept coming back to it. We and so months had gone by since we'd done stuff, and we did. I remember we did this karate one. Oh my gosh, it was my favorite one up to this point. We dressed up in these karate outfits and then um, kind of like did kung fu fighting, whatever, in the middle of giving announcements. And then the production team put like martial art sound effects to our fight scenes and like sped up our movements. And so in post-production, it looked so cool. I loved growing up watching Power Rangers and, you know, kung fu movies and things. And so getting to be a character on a screen doing that stuff, it was like a dream come true. I was geeking out like more than I'd want to admit. Anyway, so that was my favorite one up to that point. One day, (laughs) Natalie came to the office with a Batman costume. And she's like, this is for you. And here's my costume. We're going to go try this out. And we're going to... And so I was like, what? So we put it on. We just played dress up. And and it was like a half a costume. It was like a mask with a cape attached and whatever. So we went around Bethel and kind of just had a camera person follow us and take shots of uh, going to different parts of the Bethel campus. And just kind of... She was kind of casting vision for what we could do. And I was like, I think I really like this. And we just got all dramatic and theatrical with the camera. Um, Anyway, we finally shot our first Bethel Man and Reading episode. And it was... I don't want to like make this a bigger deal than it was, but when people watched this, of all the video announcements they had seen up to this point, they lost it. They loved the Bethel Man in Reading video. Um, I think because it was so cheesy and so like reminiscent of that old show, that a lot of the older people could appreciate it, but the younger people loved the superhero theme, right? And it just it was great for the whole family. Um, and the the writing was clever. Natalie like wrote out the script, and then we kind of storyboarded together how to make it more creative and put more like detail into it, and you know make it funnier. And we just and she and I had great chemistry together. So as we just toss ideas around, we'd laugh and capture some of the stuff that would come out. It was very organic and it was super fun. And so that ended up being in the episode, right? And then we started dra- like dreaming up these bigger ideas of like how what we could do with Bethel Man and Redding, and we eventually shot another one. The first one we shot with Seth Dahl, right? Seth was the children's pastor back then. And so we turned him into this tatted up, like, weird villain. And then Seth and I fought and Natalie wrestled with a giant teddy bear. And he had, Seth had this lisp. And so we called him sacrilegious, like Seth or sacrilegious, but with a lisp. It was, we thought it was genius. It was so funny. And anyway, um, after that first episode, um, I didn't realize what was going to happen to me, but like my my no, my identity changed in our environment. People stopped knowing that I had a name, and everyone started calling me Bethel Man. And I, they would see me in public at Trader Joe's or at the gas station or at the movie theater, and they're like, "Hey, are you Bethel Man?" I'm like, "Oh my god, what?" I, 
yes. And I didn't know this was going to happen. It was so awkward. I'm like, what do you mean? No, my name's Mike. Like, it was strange. And so sometimes when I, <laughs> you know, when you see like a an actor, like a celebrity, kind of give their attitude and expression of experiencing awkward fans and you're like, what the heck? Why don't you know this is going to happen? Why are you not just like being benevolent and like receptive to the attention? And they're kind of like, oh, it's awkward. All of a sudden I was like, oh, no, I get it. That makes sense. Not that I was in any way or shape or form like that, whatever, but that encounter in public when you were not prepared, when you're literally looking for an avocado or you're trying to get some popcorn for the movie or whatever, and then some stranger comes up to you and says, are you so-and-so? And they call you some fake name. You know what I mean? They all, your mind's like, wait, what? Because you're in a totally different context. You're not in that frame of mind. You're like, oh, wait, you're right. That's a thing. And it's kind of jarring. And you're like, oh, my God, I feel like I'm living in a fishbowl. Like, I, was I just picking my nose? Like, how long have you been watching me for? You know, you're just kind of weird. You're kind of self-conscious. And so that was a really strange season and it lasted for months people would come up to me all the time are you bethman hey you're bethman oh my god you're bethman i love you in those videos are you guys in the video notes oh my gosh i love your videos you guys are so funny and obviously they'd seen us up to that point but the bethelman thing just took it to the next level and it people started calling me bethelman it was crazy then we did another episode um and um the podcast episode after this i'm going to talk about another aspect of this journey but anyway we did a second episode of bethelman and reading we had donna de silva come in as de snapper she was this crab who like released spirits on people and made them go crazy and so bethelman and reading had to figure out what was happening to people and get to the bottom of it we had to fight her in the kitchen it was hilarious oh man i remember they threw peanut butter a peanut butter bread thing at my face and i or jelly i guess and i was rolling around on the floor and that scene was hilarious in terms of the sound effects and the you know, the physical comedy. But um, anyway, episode two, and the graphics were even more pronounced this time. And they just done a lot more editing and it looked a lot better. I also had this mustache by then. And so I started becoming very distinct in my appearance and my image, right? And so people, like bugs to a flame, could not let it go. Like, you're the guy, you're the guy, you're the guy constantly, like... It was worse. After the mustache, it was just it just went to the next level. I'm like, and so I just started embracing. Like, yes, I'm him. Ah, yes, I am that guy. <laughs> I mean, it's like, what do you do? You know what I mean? And I didn't want to be a jerk. And there were times I'm like, inwardly, I'm like, I don't want to do this. But outwardly, I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a nice guy. Things fine. Um, I remember one of my favorite encounters though with the person. I was coaching volleyball for BCS, Bethel's Elementary School, Middle School. Um, and I was sitting at the pregame, like the B game, waiting for my team to get up to play. And this kid came over to me and he was like, are you Bethlehem? And I was like, what? He's like, are you Bethlehem? He was like a five-year-old kid. And I was like, no, I don't know who that is. He was like, oh. And he looked all scared and confused and then ran away. And I was like, oh, that's awkward. Because I was trying to mess with him a little bit. But then he bailed way sooner than I was expecting. I was like, oh, <laughs> that was horrible. And then fast forward a couple weeks later, and I felt bad. I'm like, oh, I wish that I hadn't ended it that way. Like that kid, uh... I was at another game later, again, the pregame thing, because his sister was on the B game, right? So he was there again. I was like, oh, there's a kid. And so I asked him to come. I said, hey, psst. I asked my co-assistant coach, what's his name? So, because she, anyway, had him come over. I was like, hey, remember a couple weeks ago when you asked me if I was Bethman? He's like, yeah. I was like, remember when I told you no? He was like, yeah. And I just looked at him. I was like, and he goes, <laughs> unflinching, he goes, oh, God, I can't do it. <laughs> he looks at me and he goes, you are a Bethman man. I was like, I am. He was like, and the delight and the wonder and the the sheer satisfaction that he had figured it out and he was right just came over his face. And I was like, but you can't tell anyone. He's like, I won't tell anyone. I was like, okay, nobody. He's like, okay. And then he left. It was, that was such a moment. I won't forget that moment. It was so cute. It was so funny. I was just, we had this weird relationship. I actually hope I never see this kid again because otherwise I think it'll be awkward. I won't know how to be myself or I'm, 
And but it was such a funny, cute moment. And I was like, man, we are all constantly looking for some kind of, you know, icon or hero or whatever to like look up to and appreciate or whatever. And it was really fun to get to play that role and be that person in our community. But that was such a funny moment. I had so many funny moments with people where that weird stuff would come up. And But anyway, so um, I, this is such a random thing, but I wanted to just throw it out there. Like as I was doing these video announcements with Natalie, I mean, then we started doing even more like dramatic productions. So like obviously Bethel, obviously Bethel Music would put out these like promo videos for these new albums they'd come out with. And so I remember they did this one called um, Tides. And they had done a photo shoot on the shore of the, an ocean somewhere, right? And they put, like, living room furniture in the shore as the water was washing up. And then the artists would sit there and it would be this epic scene. You're like, oh, this is amazing. And so Natalie had this idea that we would do a parody of the Bethel Tides, you know, promo video. And so we took clips from the Bethel Tides promo and we went and shot our parody version of this. And we called it Rib Tides. And then we had, I remember we had Jen Johnson and Hunter Thompson in this video with us. And I think that, and so they just kind of cameoed, which was super fun for us. But also we like dragged a couch up to a, like a river, a ghetto river in Reading, the Sacramento River, and just kind of set it on some rocks. It did not look good. And I wore a fake mustache back then because I didn't have a mustache, trying to imitate Hunter's mustache. And I remember I was pulling the couch off the bed of the truck and the mustache peeled off in the shot because I was pulling so hard and I was sweating and it kind of just like fell off. And we kept it because it was perfect. Like that's, this is exactly what we're going for. And we had a lamp in the water. And then at the end of the whole scene, we just kind of like made it fall. We like tied fish wire to it so you couldn't see it and then pulled it so it like just fell over it was so pathetic and awesome it was so much fun to shoot the thing and so people loved it bill loved it he went nuts he played it at a couple of the conferences he just wanted us to see it he just like celebrated that. so they played it a couple weeks at the at the services which isn't normal these are just announcements right so now that we're just so enjoying this because we're in their like office like crafting these things like mm, let's do this and then it's being displayed on bethel tv at bethel but also all over the world right and you have to remember i'm working in the events department here so every conference we have i'm like the guy i'm the conference i'm the i'm the information dude i'm registration guy everyone's coming past me to get through the gates and they're all like oh my gosh you're the guy we love your videos and everyone had their own approach to like me being that person it was hilarious but these videos are going all over the world it was kind of crazy and then i remember um bethel did this album called synesthesia um, and the promo video was this ballerina covered in like flour or powder or whatever. And she's dancing and then and it's black and white for like the first three minutes. It's a long video. And then all of a sudden the music builds and there's this crescendo and she throws color out of her hands and then more different color and blah, blah, blah. And then by the end, she's covered in color and the whole like scene is colored and it was beautiful and it was awesome. And the, the ballerina was like, she was exquisite in her movements or whatever. So Natalie was like, Mike, I have an idea. And I was like, what? And so the idea was, she's like, I see us in black. Because the ballerina was all white. I see us in black. Both wearing tutus. We both got buns. Because I had long hair back then. Oh my gosh. Oh, with the mustache. And we covered ourselves in powder. We went to a warehouse by, actually where Bethel Tech is located now. And we had a film crew there. Covered it in flour. Covered us in flour. Did some dance moves together. And then got powdered colored powder and then started throwing it on each other and I remember we actually brought a little trampoline and I did some pretty like acrobatic things because I used to do like parkour stuff when I was in high school and so I did a front flip over Natalie while she like slid and threw like powder in the air and it was such a cool scene it was so much fun to shoot I was nervous because there was powder all over the floor so I was like doing a flip and then landing on a non-stable surface right which was that's not advisable they made me sign a waiver and everything it was crazy um Anyway, so that shoot um, was so much fun to do. I actually remember a week afterward, I had like 
fruity pebbles coming out of my nose. Like my boogers were colored for a week. It was crazy. Like I would blow my nose or I'd pick my nose and anything that came out of my nose for seven days was colored. It was hilarious. Like how far did this go into my system? This is crazy. Um, I'm glad that we've got a thing in our body to help pull all that stuff out, right? Um, it works. Anyway, so from that shoot, um, we showed it and people went nuts because the the opening scene was funny. We just couldn't make fun of how to even pronounce the word. And then it starts off all epic. The music's epic. And we're just like, eh. and then it starts getting kind of crazy and silly. It's silly, but also like really well done. So people kind of had mixed reactions. Like, oh my God, that was amazing. But also like, that was hilarious. And like, and it just became this thing that people talked about. And Bill loved it. I remember he played it multiple times at a conference that was shortly after the shoot. We're like, this is crazy. This is happening. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is crazy. People all over the world were seeing it. And so after enough of these videos, people, when they'd come to the conferences, would be like, oh my gosh, you're the guy. My family loves you. We love you. We love you. Oh, and I'm like, ah. Um, they thought Natalie and I were married. Um, I was like, Natalie is married. I'm not. <laughs> Anyway, from there, I think actually launching into teaching classes, speaking, you know, in other countries, my, like, the awareness of who I was and what I was doing started to grow because of video announcements. That was a contributing factor to, like, my notoriety, which is so funny. It's such a strange element to the story. And then also Chris Valentin started sharing some of my posts on his social media. I started, I was writing stuff on Instagram and Facebook on a regular basis. And some of that stuff, like Chris actually shared on his social media. And so people started seeing me from that. So with Chris sharing and the Bethel video announcements stuff, like I started growing in notoriety and my Instagram account kind of popped from there. And I started having thousands of followers. I went from like, I don't know, 1200 followers to like 18,000 followers in the short span of six months. It just kind of blew up from these things kind of happening. It was kind of crazy. Anyway, this is not like a profound thing necessarily, although for me it is kind of profound knowing my heart and how the Lord has led me through stuff and just the redemption and beauty of what took place here. But it was actually instrumental practically for being able to build stuff with momentum in our environment and the things that I've been going after. I think getting that kind of um, exposure and you know, like people getting to see me associated with Bethel and leaders and stuff just kind of made things shift for me and opened up doors that I probably wouldn't have been able to walk through otherwise, which was such a funny and interesting way that that played out. I'm so grateful. It was so much fun. But, um, to this day, people will still call me Bethel man every once in a while. I'm like, I'll twitch. Like, Oh yeah, that happened. Um, I actually wonder if Natalie and I should do like another episode at some point, but, um, that happened. So this is not like a super Um, profound part of my story, but it was definitely an influential one and it did play a key role in like my journey and identity in our Bethel environment. And I'm so grateful that it happened. It was so much fun, but also very catalytic in opening doors for me to be able to continue to build and expand. And I dare say, um, people might not have taken my class if they didn't know who I was. I don't know if that's true, actually. You know what I mean? Like, I think the content itself was interesting to students, but I think a lot of it came from they knew who I was, and I think people knew I was even on staff because of the Bethel Man thing. So it's just funny to see this, like, humorous side story become such a pivotal thing that helped, like, promote and advance things that I was doing here. Um, Super funny. I don't know. There's that. I also remember during this season where I was doing the video announcements with Natalie, we did this one episode for Valentine's Day where I dressed up as Cupid. And I had hurt my shoulder from longboarding that weekend. And so I had to wear a sling <laughs> as Cupid. And I just looked so pathetic, which was perfect. Um, and the whole goal was to, you know, obviously have me be the silly character and Natalie be the straight character. Um, but the ironic thing was that I was the straight character looking like an idiot and Natalie was the silly one. 
Anyway, um, I remember I dressed up like that. I had these like Victoria's Secret angel wings and like this toga and this bow and arrow and this halo. I looked ridiculous. And um, after the shoot, I had to rush over to Bethel main campus from Bethel Media to go to a missions leader meeting. And I got out of the shoot and my boss, Deborah was like, I was like, Deborah, I got to go to that meeting now. She's like, oh, yeah. Oh, you need to, I, was like, I need to change though. She's like, no, no, you need to go like that. I was like, what? She's like, you absolutely need to wear that to the meeting. I was like, oh my God, you're right. And I knew the moment she said it that she was right. And I would not have chosen that. I was like, that's embarrassing. That's crazy. I mean, it seems disrespectful. But when Deborah said it, I mean, I can't tell you how many times when Deborah said something to me, everything changed. And there's something about being submitted to someone's authority and the spirit that when they speak stuff, like you're able to do stuff you couldn't do on your own. I mean, the Peter situation is an obviously, obviously extreme example. When Jesus was walking on the water and the disciples are like, oh my God, it's a ghost. And they're freaking out. And he's like, don't be afraid. It's me. And Peter's like, if it's you... If it's you, Jesus, tell me to come out in the water with you, right? And Jesus is like, come out. Because of that submission, like I'm convinced that Peter was able to walk on water that night because of his submission to the authority of Jesus. Without that intimacy and trust and that submission in the spirit, Peter would not have stayed on the surface. I think if a rando had done that, if Jesus had told a random person to do it, I don't think it would have worked. I don't think that would have happened. I think that there was a a thing there. Anyway, um, not that it would have worked, but like I don't think that would have happened anyway so when deborah said you need to wear that i knew in my heart she was right and i immediately adjusted even though outwardly i was like no i don't want to do that and there was a part of me for sure that did not want to go to the meeting like this i wanted to honor what she was doing what she said and i knew that she was onto something so i went to the meeting in that outfit i remember i got in my car and i was driving like kind of hunched over because the wings were kind of big so i'm like sitting in my seat at the red light and i remember i dropped this intersection this person at the other like the adjacent or the what is this word? The street that's like perpendicular to the street I was passing in the intersection. They were like at their car, look at me. I just kind of watched them and I was like, oh yeah, I look crazy. I forgot. And I just kept driving. I got to, to Bethel, walked to the back room and a friend of mine to text me and she said that she had saved me a seat. So I get to the room. She's like, oh, we're t- front left. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's in the front. Of course she's in the front. Of course she's in the front. So I get to the room and Joaquin Evans is like speaking from the front. I had no idea what he was talking about, but I walk in there. And as I get from the back walking in, people slowly start catching me and laughing and clapping and getting their phones out. And by the time I get to the left side of the room where I'm about to get to my seat, I'm realizing like, oh my gosh, everyone is going to see me. I get up there. And by the time I get toward my row, everyone is screaming and laughing. The phones are out. They're pointing. There's pointing and laughing, right? And there are scenes in movies where this is happening to people and it's traumatizing, right? It like ruins their life. I think um, The Hunchback of Notre Dame, there's a moment where he gets on stage and people are like, oh, he's hideous. They try to take his face off and it doesn't. And then they all throw stuff at him and tie him down. And it's like this, they're all laughing and pointing. It's this humiliating, devastating moment for him, right? Just the rejection and ugh. I remember there was a temptation in that moment where people were pointing and laughing and I felt the spirit of rejection say, like, come to me and say, would you like to be rejected right now? Look at them making funny. I could hear that voice and I was like, whoa. And I remembered like, that's not who I am. That's not me. I don't want to say yes to that. And I was like, no, I'm a, and I was mostly afraid that Joaquin was going to get upset at me for totally disrupting his meeting, you know, just being disrespectful. I didn't want to come across that way. I remember thinking like, you know what? I'm going to embrace the fact that I'm a son of this house. People aren't laughing at me. They're laughing with me. This is fun. I chose this. This is a good thing. And so I, I remember I consciously made a choice and I switched over to, celebration and joy and I chose it and I just started waving at people like a princess and they all just like laughed even harder and then I sat down I had no idea that Joaquin was actually speaking about ministering with angels at that point he was training mission leaders on how to partner with the angelic the angelic paying attention and learning how to partner with them and 
in the middle of him telling a story and talking about how to like partner with angels, I walked in looking like that. So it was actually this profound, like hilarious thing. He got drunk and couldn't teach for the rest of the class or the rest of the meeting. Um, but that was a profound moment for me because I was like, dang, this is actually something I get to be and I get to embrace and I get to like overcome the self-hatred rejection, you know, separating me from everyone else thing. And I can actually embrace this. And it changed my life. It caused me to step into a greater level of like loving myself and accepting who I am and embracing that and being theatrical um, which I'm grateful for. So anyway, I'm pausing because I wanted to remember why was I talking about this? Being a charge. A charge. Oh. I'd like to affirm and encourage those of you who are theatrical, little drama queens up in there. You know, those people, those of you who like have these things inside of you that the world is like, what? Or doesn't know what to do with or they find really silly or obnoxious. But it's something childlike that's coming from your heart. I want to encourage you, like, and do it. Be that person. Let that person out. Find ways to express that. There is such a grace on being who you are, even if it's silly, even if it's unacceptable. If you embrace it and it's coming from spirit, the world will respond. They will open up to you. They will embrace that. If you're doing it from the wrong spirit, if you're doing it to get attention or to try and convince somebody of stuff or you know, because of, you're coming from insecurity or whatever, then that stuff has weird vibes and it's not fun. But if you're doing it out of a playful spirit, Something you want to share with the world. It's innocent. It's vulnerable. It's like, this is who I am. I just want to embrace this theatrical nature that I have. Then it's actually something very celebratory and like well-received when people can feel that, right? And so I want to encourage you guys. I know it might come across as being a really strange, like bizarre, eccentric, maybe even like isolating experience because no one else has the guts to do that. But the more you embrace this side of you and the more you give expression to that, the more permission you give to the people around you to the silliness in them. But I'd like to propose the reason people love Bethel Man and Reading so much was because it was giving them permission to admit they love that stuff. We love superheroes. We love crime fighting. We love mystery and in investigating. And, but it was all like childish, right? We, and we were just displaying that and they loved it. And it was silly. So it gave them permission to like celebrate without feeling like they're being too serious. But people loved it right i'd like to propose it's actually coming from a genuine place so those of you who have that silly bone inside you and you know like kind of hold it back for the sake of acceptance or like fitting in i like to give you permission like maybe fitting in is overrated i don't know if you need to do that why not like stir it up a bit give permission to that little kid inside of you because you don't know what's gonna happen to the kids around you Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out MikeMyashiro.com.